What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. So, one of the things I love the most about sort of the space that we're in now, considering there is a pandemic and most of us are sheltered in place or under stay-at-home order or whatever, is that when we do go out, we have to wear a mask. And I, my mom is a schizophrenic, and so she always talked to herself. So part of my culture growing up, um, I have this great comfort with just talking to myself. And so what I realize is that since I'm wearing a mask all the time, nobody really knows, which is really a positive thing because if nobody knows that I'm talking to myself, then nobody thinks that I'm talking to them. So I've been places, I'm actually, it's funny because I talk to myself and don't realize I talk to myself until like somebody that's a stranger or somebody who is sitting near me is like, huh? It's like, oh no, I didn't say anything. Yes, you did. Okay. I did say something, but I wasn't saying it to you. Anyway. The other day, I was thinking to myself, what is ambition? So I started having this conversation with myself about ambition because I was really trying to reconcile what ambition is. Number one, like, am I ambitious? Um, Number two, do I know ambitious people? Uh, Number three, like, are you born ambitious? Do you become ambitious? Is 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 it something that passes through the bloodline is it something that you decide to be like are poor people more ambitious than wealthy people like how does it happen like how does ambition birth birthed in you so i was like thinking about that really deeply and realizing that i might not be that ambitious i might not be ambitious i'm thinking about like you know what Rather, so a couple of things came to mind. Look it up in the dictionary. What does the dictionary? What does the dictionary say about ambition? So I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary, and this is what the Oxford Dictionary says: a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. That word "typically" threw me off, but okay. Um, it also lists desire and determination to achieve success. So I'm like, okay, that's okay. I can, I can see that. I asked some of my people, uh, what they thought ambition was because sometimes you just need help. Right. So, um, Erica said a deep desire to achieve something and the dedication to then go after it. Uh, Trevor said, I was going to say something like, I'm assuming he's saying what Erica said. He changed it up. The willingness to give everything you have towards something you're passionate about, almost as if you're relentless on accomplishing that goal. Uh, Jaylani said, having resilience for a primary goal or dream that seems out of reach at times, but you are determined to achieve. Uh, 
Let's see what some of my Facebook friends said. Ray said, essentially doing whatever it takes to achieve a goal, drive. Melissa says, setting a goal and being diligent in its pursuit. Um, Elder Sylvester said, to someone who is ambitious, that person is one who always strives and does things to go to the next level and is never satisfied for too long. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was just listening to these definitions and I'm like, okay, I just... When I get in the mood to like really attack a problem or to do something, I think I do it in excellence, but I don't feel this sense of ambition because ambitions just seems like, well, first of all, so here's what I had to do, folks. I had to take a step back because I'm going to be honest, some of the people that I know who are crowned ambitious or called ambitious, I don't always like some of the things that they do or say. And I realized that one of the stigmas of ambition is competition. And I'm not really a competitive person in that in, in, in that in that way. And so once I was able to kind of peel away this idea of competition from what it means to be ambitious, I was like, okay, well maybe I maybe I am ambitious. But I think though that in trying to figure out if it's possible to become more ambitious, in this this episode's gonna just be me like having this conversation with ten different people that you all don't know that are just kind of all in my head, right? All of us. So I might even say something one moment that contradicts something the next. That's not me. That is. I wish I had names for my alter egos, but I don't. So I'm just gonna say that. I was really struggling with the definition of ambitious. And then it came to me, oh my goodness, I can create my own definition of ambition and then align my own, uh, you know, thoughts and way of being to ambition because ultimately ambition is about a person's independent desire to accomplish a goal or a task, right? That's what essentially people have been saying. So I was thinking, okay, so how do you become ambitious? Do you grow ambition? Um, Can ambition be interrupted? Um, Is it more than just being busy? Um, And I started thinking about how, like, one of the reasons why in my reflection around my own ambition, I was troubled because I'm a very busy person. Like I always have things that are going on in my life, like back to back. I create opportunities to be really entrenched in projects, right? Like I love a new project. I love a new idea. And sometimes my creativity and my need for a project to stay busy um, might be perceived as ambitious. However, I'm just using myself as an example so that I'm not coming for anybody else. 
I also realized that sometimes I'm so knee deep in a project or an activity that I am not fully looking down the road or projecting or thinking about long-term success because I'm, I'm, I'm really committed. Like I love making graphics, right? I love graphic design. And sometimes I can take my focus off of completing my Masters of Divinity program in excellence to be making a flyer. Yes, I am moving towards that. Yes, I am completing the program. But at the same time, I'm not sure if I'm walking in true ambition because I am all over the place, right? And so the first thing that I thought about was there is a difference between being busy and being ambitious. And I think that's really important because sometimes, like, and you've heard the saying, like, folks being like the jack of all trades and the master of none. Sometimes the way that we preach and teach ambition is that you have like a number of different, you know, um, spoons in the pot, right? Like it's like you're just doing a lot of different projects. I'm watching... um, so I have this really love, this this kind of like love-hate relationship with television. And I recently um, got a couple of TVs in the house um, and figured out how to like stream stuff from my phone to my TV, which is really exciting because it kind of has, it, it opened up a new sort of chapter in my life. So I've been watching Love and Marriage Huntsville. And I'm not sure if you're, if you're not familiar with that. You don't have to be for the purposes of this discussion. But um, there is a person on there named Melody Holt. Melody is married uh, to uh, her husband, or I think they're married. They might not be married this season, so I don't know. She was at least married to her husband, Martel. Um, she has a baby, and then um, she kind of takes a break to have the baby, but then she's in all of these different activities. She's modeling. She's in a play. She's got a skincare uh, thing coming out. She's still, you know, helping her husband manage their uh, entrepreneurial effort. She's got all this stuff going. Her husband is like, you need to step back and you need to focus. Her thing is, I'm an ambitious person and so I can't take a break. And just looking at like his argument versus her argument, like at first I was like, yeah, she's ambitious. She's a, she's getting it done. And then I realized like, no, she is all over the place. And like, so that's like kind of my first thing. Like ambition is, is more than just involvement or, uh, the participation in, in a variety of different efforts. It's not. It, it's more than 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 positioning yourself to be a drag, jack of all trades. It's it 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 it's really about. There's there's so much that I want to say on this because I thought about it really deeply and I have all these thoughts in my head that I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out. But if you listen to the end, like praise God. But so let me just start right here. I'm thinking that ambition is more than just um, projecting or dreaming. I think that that's the first thing, right? Because 
you can talk to somebody and they'll be like, yeah, you know, I have all these dreams and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to be an actor and I want to move to LA and I want to be a movie and I want to win an Oscar. And the, 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 what they are projecting is ambition, right? Because it's like, oh, you're dreaming. Like you have a plan, you have something in your head that you want to do, but really projecting and dreaming is not enough. Projecting and dreaming alone do not make you ambitious because you have to do something, right? So what I came up with is this idea that ambition is about a cycle, right? And I, I, th this is what ambition means to me because I feel, I realize that we all, so if I compare what I'm accomplishing in life to what somebody else is accomplishing in life and then cultivate a definition of ambition based on somebody else's life, then I'm not going to really be ambitious because I'm not going to be like uh, accomplishing my own goal, I'm using somebody else's success as a measuring stick and that doesn't work. So for Dominique Beaumonte, ambition is about this cycle of praying, planning, and executing. So praying is that first step of saying, I am trusting God with his will for my life. Here is what I would like to do. I want to get God's approval, feedback, perspective, validation, sponsorship, whatever that might be, right? And then I go from playing, praying to planning, right? And so if I want to be a successful podcaster, it might seem ambitious, like, oh, he has a podcast. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of people that have a podcast with 60 episodes, and that doesn't mean that they're successful. Because you can pray and then you can do something, but if you don't plan, right, like you're just as you're, 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 you're not really accomplishing as much because it's like some people, they're like you, and I know this, we probably all know somebody who is really successful at what they do and they don't try very hard. It just kind of happens for them. And I'd say that that's not ambition, right? Cause ambition for me is like when you sit down and you plan or project down the road, right? It's not enough to just be like, I'm just going to do it because I'm skilled or I'm talented. There are a lot of people that are talented enough to make an album and to sell a million of them. But the reality is being able to sing is not enough. You have to position yourself. You have to practice. You have to pay for studio time, which means you have to make the resources to do that, which means you have to know the best studio, which means you have to have songs written and tracks produced. There's all these things that you have to do in order to maximize your ability. And so planning is is crucial, right? It's, uh, when, I, when I see people who are like, I'm, I'm this and I'm that because I'm doing this and I'm really ambitious, but they're not in the process, in this process of planning, I start thinking like, okay, and I already said that, um, you know, with regard to um, execution, that dreaming is not enough, right? Wanting to do something is not enough. Like, just because you want to do something doesn't make you ambitious. I'm, I, I'm saying that what makes you ambitious is when you prayed about it and then you plan, and then through prayer and planning, you execute, right? Um I also just, and I've already kind of said this, but I have these in my notes that ambition is more than competition. 
sometimes, like, and I'll say this for myself, um, as an ambitious person, notice I'm referring to myself as ambitious now, that I have identified for myself what the word means. I um, identify as somebody that is ambitious, and a part of my ambition is that I am not in competition with other people as much as I am in competition with myself. I will, I, I will say that my primary competition is not other people. My primary comp- competition is myself, right? I'm working against myself and I'm working for myself. What I mean by that is that one of the enemies of ambition is laziness, right? Like I can emulate what I see somebody else doing successfully um, if I want to, and then I might find some level of success in doing that. But before even I get to that point, I have to have the will to do what it is that I want to do. It starts with the will. So that means that if I'm going to accomplish anything, the first thing that I have to do, even before I check out what you're doing, I have to get out of bed, right? I got to get in the shower, brush my teeth. I have to leave the house, right? I have to pay my phone bill so that I can stay connected to the people that that, that I need to stay connected to in order for my vision um, to, to, to come to play. So I'm not just my my own competition, but I'm also potentially my my worst critic, my worst foe in that if I do not establish the will to do something, I will not get it done. Right. And so the the the, the I, I'm I'm saying, right, that the one of the enemies, one of the primary en- enemies of ambition is ourselves. It is ourselves availing ourselves to to be and do right and so not just dream but to avail ourselves to be and do and that can be very difficult right like sometimes it's very difficult to push yourself to be innovative and to think outside of the box because you it's hard to just wake up and do that sometimes sometimes you can get this really brilliant idea and then as soon as you like share it with some confidant or you know google it you find that somebody already thought about it or you may perhaps you're discouraged by the person who um you are presenting the idea to and it's just almost like you are deflated and the 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 energy that you had towards that thing is gone, right? And so the ambition is I'm praying about it, I'm planning, and then I'm executing, but it's a cycle, right? And then when I get done executing, I start praying again. And as I am praying, I am planning. And as I am planning, I am executing. And as I'm executing, I am praying. I'm, 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 let me give you a, a, a biblical example because that is how I kind of flow. When I was thinking about this, and this is, I don't know if this, this, this example will resonate, but I was thinking about Esther. Um, she um, became um, queen um, as a result of the king. Um, essentially having to fire his previous wife because she would not do what he wanted her to do. Um, Esther 
um, a part of her road to becoming queen had very little to do with her ambition, but had everything to do with her beauty, right? She got to that place because she was beautiful, because she was willing to avail herself to be presented to the king as a possibility for queen. So the first thing that she had to do, and we talked about your first foe being yourself, she had to get up and decide that she wanted to be in the running for queen. Once she goes through the process of purification and selection and she is in the position, she runs into a conflict in that Naaman, somebody with influence inside the kingdom, decides that he is going to attack Esther's people. And um, he begins with somebody very close to Esther by the name of Mordecai, who was like her cousin and her uncle, but also raised her. Um, Naaman's attack on, um, on, on Esther's folks, like, drove Mordecai to, like, weeping and gnashing of teeth and praying and worry and concern. While... Um, he is in the process of uh, Mordecai of trying to figure out what to do because um, his people are under attack. Um, uh, the Bible says that Esther finds out a little bit about what's going on, and she's kind of like, tell my uncle Mordecai to get it together. Mordecai sends the word back to her like, wait a minute, like I think you're not fully understanding what's happening. Because the attack on your people, the attack on us, is not just an attack on us. It's also an attack on you. Even though you're queen, you are still um, um, uh, potentially going to be cut off like the rest of your people. So um, the Bible um, essentially says that Esther is positioned um, to make a determination about um, what she is going to do to spare not just herself, but her people. And her uncle is like, you need to get it together. You need to come up with a strategy. So the first thing that Esther does is she prays. She gets down on her knees. She tells all of her maidens and everybody that she has influence and power and control over in the kingdom, we're going to pray. Then she starts planning. She starts strategizing how she is going to find a way to present herself um, to the king so that she can have this conversation about what is really going on for the purposes of sparing her people. Eventually, she, because of her prayers and because of her plan, she begins to execute it. And as she is rolling out her plan, she's crossing barriers and things that have never been done before because of what she decided to do in the process of planning. I would say that Esther is one of the most ambitious people, not just ambitious women or men, but just the, one of the most ambitious people in the Bible because she realizes that in order for her to get out of the situation that she's in, it takes more than just being pretty. It took more than just being the queen. 
So she she finds a way um, to present herself to the king, to make her petition known so that she can spare her people, but she does it very strategically. And so um, what can we learn uh, from, from, from Esther? Again, that ambition is this cycle of play, praying, planning, and executing, and then praying, planning and executing, and then praying, planning and executing. Ambition has to be more than what we look like. It has to be more than, have you ever seen somebody, I I worked in human resources for a a while. And so I've seen um, people who would come into the interview with a briefcase or a power suit, or they would probably do like Google searches to find out like, what should you look like at an interview? Like what colors that you should wear to appear confident and competent. Like I, you could tell that people would study those things so that they could come into the interview looking and projecting a certain thing. But the reality is, is that those were moments, right? They took advantage of a moment to present themselves as ambitious. The true test of their ambition was not the interview. Y'all didn't hear me. Okay. The true test of their ambition was not the interview. It was what they did after they got the job, right? And so I'm saying that to say that maybe like Queen Esther, you got to a place naturally because you have a, a, a strong resume, because you interview well. But the, 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 the real proof of ambition is not how you get there. It's how you stay there and how you continue to improve and to grow in the place that you are. And I'm saying that that is the result of a cycle of praying, planning, and executing. Okay. So I just, I, so, so what, have I, what have I tried to communicate? Th- that you have to be um, cognizant of the fact that ambition is not about you uh, competing against somebody else, that you are the person that you are competing against, right? You are both your uh, primary competition and your primary foe. If you see yourself as your primary uh, uh, competition and your primary foe, then you rearrange the the strategy for which you um, put in place to become your best possible self. Because rather than trying to outdo or overdo somebody else you work hard to 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 um capitalize or to improve upon deficits in your own life right so if i rather than trying to um one up another business person I try to one up in an area for which I know I have a deficit so I am not good with administrative stuff right? I really struggle with paperwork and follow and stuff like that. I just don't like paperwork. And so rather than trying to find a system 
that is better than somebody else who loves paperwork, it would behoove me to work to find out why don't I like paperwork? How have I gotten in this place where paperwork is not my strong point? And how do I work around and through that so that I do not continue to be my own foe in this particular area? And so it's not just about competition. It's about realizing what you are good at and what you are not good at and then working on yourself, right? Working on your own brand so that you do not get in the way. So ambition is vision and then focus. Ambition is vision and then focus, right? So first, you cannot focus on something if you are looking five or six different ways, right? And so once you put your eyes on what you are focusing on, then you that that, that is that is you seeing it and remaining um, you 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 keep your eyes on it so everything that you do when you are focused on an object is in alignment with accomplishing what you are focused on right so if i'm focused on running a marathon then what i eat matters. If I'm focused on running a marathon, then I first got to figure out how to run a mile. If I'm focused on running a marathon, I've got to figure out what foods do I eat that get in the way of my potential to progress in this area. I literally think that sometimes what we do is the first thing is we look at like, okay, who's the best marathon runner? And let me, let me look up their time so that I could beat their time. We start thinking about the competition and how, and what we need to do to like be better than the competition before we start thinking about ourselves. So if I'm going to run a marathon, the first thing that I have to do is look at my life. Where am I disciplined? And what areas am I disciplined in and what areas are I not disciplined in and what adjustments do I need to make? Because I can't run a marathon in March if I'm unwilling to practice in January. Right. It, 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 that, so 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 what, what people do is it's like, oh, I'm so ambitious. I'm going to be running a marathon in March. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, wow, I can't believe you're doing that. That's really cool. So we're like, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. But the marathon does not actually start in March. The marathon starts the moment that you decide that you want to participate in it. Every meal after you make the decision to participate in the marathon matters. Every time spent practicing up to the the time of the marathon matters. Every moment that you um, waste or do not waste matters at the end because if you're going to be prepared for March, you've got to start now. So I'm saying if if, if we're taking my definition of, of ambition and we're applying it to the idea of running a marathon in March, the first thing I do is I pray God's will. God, help me to run a marathon. Help me to prepare to run. And then after I pray, I start planning. Okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to run for an hour every day. Then I'm going to um, call a friend who has ran a marathon before and do an informational interview with them, ask them what they think. Then I'm going to see a nutritionist. Then I'm going to ask 
some friends um, if they want to join me. And then I'm going to get on my Peloton bike and I'm going to exercise. Then I'm going to follow some folks who run marathons on Instagram and I'm going to join a marathon running group on Facebook. Then I, So as I am planning, right, the, for my execution, that's what makes me ambitious because I'm not just sitting around being like, you know, Esther could have been. I'm pretty and I'm going to use my beauty just like the way I got here to figure out my the, the, how am I going to get out of this situation. And so ambition has to be more than just having a goal or being able to see. It really requires focus. Seeing who you want to be or seeing where you want to be is not enough. It's not enough. Your focus has to be such that every day you are progressing. That's why I asked myself whether I was ambitious or not, because I was trying to figure out what am I focusing on and how do I get there if I'm regularly rerouted by trivial things, right? And so I'm reminded of, 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 of a friend of mine, um, John Taylor, he was uh, the alpha president of the chapter for which I had the privilege of, of serving as president uh, for six or seven years. And he used to talk about this idea, idea of intentional congruence. And I, I can't remember what book he got it from. I found it and unfound it. But what he would preach about intentional congruence really, really blessed me. And it's something that I have carried with me since the idea was introduced to me. Intentional congruence is when I have a vision and everything that I do aligns with reaching that vision. This is what I've been talking about essentially the whole time, right? Like if I'm going to run a marathon, then I do what marathon runners do. Right. And so intentional congruence is not only do I do what marathon runners do, I stop doing what marathon runners do not do. Right. And so a part of that, that that's why it's going to be difficult for folks who want to be the jack of 69 different trades, because it's going to be difficult for you to focus on one thing and do it successfully. Martel told Melody that she was the jack of 100 trades and she wasn't 100% at anything. You can't be 100% at, at one thing if you are doing 100 things, right? And so focus is a big part of that, right? So intentional congruence says, once I decide what my vision is and I focus on it, everything that I do up onto that points towards who I want to be and where I'm going. Right. And so if I'm reading 99 books, but I decide that I want to be the best possible preacher, some books that do not lead to me being the best possible preacher, I've got to drop that. I got to close that book. I got to put it to the side and I got to find the book that leads to perfection or in, it increases my ability to be a better preacher. So there's some novels that I can't be reading on my journey to become a better preacher. Right. And so one of the things that I realized, to be frank with you, around um, uh, um, being a better preacher, aside from living righteously and, and studying, is positioning myself to speak and to become confident with my own voice. So rather than making a podcast about what's going on on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, 
I make something that is inspirational, that positions me to take what I am reading and studying and meditating and praying on, and I bring it to my podcast, and then I share it there. Listen, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this podcast, but what I do know is that I prepared, I prayed, and now I'm executing, and then I'm just going to keep doing that over and over again. Listen, I might not become a famous podcaster. But every time that I make a podcast, I gain experience talking about something that I am passionate about, and it might equate to something bigger along the way, but most importantly, it contributes to where I'm going and who I want to be, right? And I think that, that, I think that that's overall what my point is. I also think that ambition requires a lot of flexibility, right? You, you, you don't, I, I was thinking about like the successful business owner. The successful business owner, especially if you look at it in the context of what 2019 was and then what 2020 was and then now what 2021 is, right? Like a successful business owner, first of all, let me just draw a picture for you what I think an unsuccessful business owner is. That's somebody who was having a, a, who was owning a successful business in 2019. And then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, they didn't know how to make adjustments to become a different kind of company to fit and meet the needs of their clientele, right? On the other hand, you have people who found a way. They took advantage of grants and loans to perfect their business. They made adjustments to their services so that even if their their primary service was not something that met the needs of clients within during the pandemic, they found other ways to meet needs for their clientele to increase or to drive revenue, right? And so you have to be willing to be flexible. If I become efficient in one way of preaching and teaching, and then the tide changes, now I'm not saying that the word of God changes, but I'm saying that the way that people like to hear things changes, it, it's not really wise for me to continue doing it the old way, right? And so it, 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 it behooves, uh, uh, you cannot claim to be ambitious if you do not um, avail yourself to be a person who makes adjustments as necessary. So ambition requires a lot of flexibility, right? And so as you are praying, then you, especially when you are, when, when, when this is a faith walk, your business or whatever it is that you're endeavoring to do as a faith walk, when you pray, and you avail yourself to God's will, you are actually opening your heart to flexibility, right? Because without God in the scenario, you can just say, well, here's the 16 things that I'm going to do. I've been doing it this, this way. But when you pray, you're saying, Lord, however you want to do it, I'm open to it. And I will do what you lead me to do, whether it's my business or my job or my podcast or my message or whatever it might be. So, Prayer should open up your heart to 
to to to innovation and new ways of thinking and doing things. Then you plan. Sometimes I prayed about things and not really known what God wanted me to do. But the more I planned, the more the Lord began to open up things for me that made more sense with regard to my execution. So by the time that I got to the stage of execution, the Lord had already opened up my mind and my understanding and exposed me to new things that I could do in order to be successful. So I say all that to say that everybody has to find their own definition for ambition. Everybody has the capacity and the potential to be ambitious. The thing that gets in our way when it comes to ambition is ourselves. It is comparison. It is trying to be other people. It is not focusing on the goal. It is being lazy. It is not doing, right, all the things that you need to do. So I'm just saying, Ambitious people are people who pray. They are people who then plan. And then they are people who then practice what they plan. They execute accordingly, and then they do that cycle all over again. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, and the more you learn to trust God because you've availed yourself and opened your heart and your mind for him to do what he's going to do, and then he blesses you just like he blessed Esther when she decided to pray and then plan and then execute. Every step of the way, God gave her favor because she trusted him to lead and guide her. Okay? That's ambition. Season with song, with song.